You're listening to the Boss Business of Surgery series, episode 104. Today, I talk with Dr. Stephanie Huff about avoiding costly mistakes if you're going through a divorce. Divorce is hard enough, but if you could avoid some things that can be avoided, why not? I hope you enjoy this episode. Another difficult life event is having a difficult job. Amanda Hill, an extraordinary healthcare lawyer, and I have paired together to create a course called the 90-Day Notice to help you get out of your toxic job. Find more information at bosssurgery.com. Welcome surgeons. Residency didn't teach us everything we needed to learn to be a successful surgeon. While we spent our time caring for patients and learning how to operate, we didn't learn how to advocate for ourselves or navigate our career. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Vertries. I'm a general surgeon, certified coach, and founder of the Boss Business of Surgery series. This is where you'll learn those lessons not taught in residency. Welcome back. I have Dr. Stephanie Huff, and you would not think that this subject is going to be interesting or fun, but she is going to make it both. So <laughs> I, know definitely a lot of you, exactly. I know a lot of you are dealing with uh, the potential for a divorce or going through a divorce or still recovering from a divorce. And Dr. Huff and I were talking about before we started recording about how little research there is about divorce. And me personally, I'm not an expert in this area, thankfully, but I know that it happens to a lot of people. So I thought that her coming on here was critically important to talk about some of these issues that arise. So first though, Dr. Huff, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, thanks for having me on, Dr. Amy. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Yes, so my name is Stephanie Huff. I am an emergency medicine physician in Denver. Full-time, I am divorced with two amazing kids, ages 12 and 10. And I got divorced over nine years ago. And it really had an impact on me, obviously. And going through my divorce was not the best. It was pretty high conflict, very messy. And it took me a long time to really realize what I was doing to not help myself in the divorce and how I can change that. So I now am a a divorce coach, mostly for women physicians, physician moms, so that I can help guide them through the divorce um, journey and help them know what to do and what the resources are. And so it's not so scary and uncertain, but. I can imagine how important this is to you because I I know that if you're going through something and you're like, there's nothing out here, I didn't have any help. How can I find someone to help me? And I love that you're filling that gap in, basically looking back and saying, this wasn't there for me, but I'm going to make sure it's there for somebody else. I think it's a really great, you know, a great topic to cover. We had an episode a couple episodes ago from Dr. Jennifer Whittington, where she talks about going through her divorce, about how traumatic it was, how she was, you know, navigating new, different I guess, experiences and of course, how expensive it was dealing with kids and custody and how the person that you marry is not the person you divorce, which Mm -hmm. is, I thought, really incredibly important topics to cover. So take us through a little bit of some of the things that that you have learned through the process of, of dealing with people who are high achievers going through a divorce. Right. So definitely I agree with, with what she said. It, you just don't know what to expect 
when you're going through a divorce and, and you can't control the outcomes. So that is very unsettling for those of us who typically know what to do in our careers and we know what decisions to make and we know how to go into a room, assess a patient and be like, okay, here's what you're going to do. Right. And so I hope to offer that to physician moms going through divorce. So it doesn't seem so scary. Now, when I was going through my divorce, my kids were three and one. So they were very, very little. And it was all about having daycare, night nannies, daytime. I'm an ER doc. So my schedule's all over the place. And I had them at that time, all the time I had them full time. So I also did not reach out for help because one, I didn't know it existed. And two, I was ashamed of going through a divorce. I don't think I told anybody at work except for my medical director that I was going through a divorce for a year. So I really struggled with it by myself for a year. And then it started to impact not just my life at home, but my life at work. Um, and I did become quite burnt out. Um, I was, I like to say like, when I first interviewed at my job here in Colorado, I remember driving into the hospital and just being like, oh my God, this is an amazing place to work. I am so lucky to work here. And when I was going through my divorce and everything, I found myself dreading going into work. I was not as good of a physician as I could have been because my mind wasn't in the right space. And I became very burnt out and probably in a pretty dark place. <laughs> And it finally took me working on myself and working on my mindset around the divorce to let go of some of the things that I was making a bigger deal than they needed to be, letting go of control in areas where I never thought I would want to be letting go of control, but then controlling myself. And that led me on the path to be actually becoming a better physician because of my divorce and, and also becoming a better mom because of my divorce. I truly think that all that I learned through my divorce has just helped me be very present with my kids when I'm with them and it helps me appreciate my time with them a lot more. And, and maybe I would have been the same if I had stayed married, but I do know that my divorce while I initially thought it was going to be like the end of everything, it has actually been the beginning of everything. What a mind-blowing concept is, you know, right. when in the throes of shame and worry and not want to tell anybody is, yeah. you know, this actually might be the key to me being the best mother and the best doctor yeah. and the best, you know, co-parent that I possibly could be. And I, I know a lot of people don't even, they can't even necessarily see that far you in can't. advance. You <laughs> Yeah. As you're talking about it, of course, it would make sense to do so. But it points to the fact that how an event like this can turn us into this shame spiral and a worry and wondering if it's if it's us, because a lot of times I know I, I talked with Amanda Hill. We have a 90 day course talking about leaving a job. And it's the same thing. When things start falling apart, we typically do not act like our best self. And so what we remember in that moment is us not being our best self or feeling like a failure or reacting in some ways that would not be generally who we are as we're transitioning. So these transitions do not always bring out the best in us, but I love how you point out that it's possible that it actually will in the end, but it's 
certainly the messy middle that's a problem. The messy middle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and having someone there to help support you through that messy middle can get you through it a lot quicker and and to the other side. And and it does take kind of pointing out the the best moments along the way because I mean as you know our brains will go to that negative every chance it gets and it does take work to really find the positives and the how is this happening for me and not to me a lot of times you don't want to hear it when you're, when you're in the middle of it but it's there and it's it's something that you have available to you to help get you through it and and I didn't know that I I spent many many years in the messy middle <laughs> suffering in silence and and I just don't want anyone else to have to go through what I went through not knowing that there's a different way that there's a different approach and that you can make your own journey right and so let's start first with the some of the terminology that you mentioned because you know I know that some of the biggest things is like we're doctors, we've learned all the things, we know all the stuff, we've learned textbooks of information. And yet we have this new life event where all of a sudden things are thrown out at us. And we're like, what on earth does that mean? What should I know? And it, it we turn back into that first year medical student with the drinking from the fire hose kind of thing. So yes, yes, through, so true. Like, take us through the introductory terminology of some of the things that you learned over time. Well, the first thing I always recommend people do is to consult with a lawyer. But anytime you bring up the word lawyer, people get like, oh, God, immediately you see like conflict, money, it's going to be awful. But it really is a space where you learn legally what it will look like for you and your specific situation. So I always recommend that people consult with one lawyer and uh, at least one lawyer, if not up to three, typically not more than five lawyers, um, because then that gets a little just too much overload. Um, but they do will typically do a free consult. You don't have to pay for a consult. And there's something called unbundled work that I had never heard of that most people don't realize. but like the way I did it, I had to go in and pay a retainer, which was quite a large retainer. And then that lawyer represented me in any of my proceedings during the divorce. And yes, that was the best thing for me. And that's probably the way I would go at any point. But if you're having a divorce that's maybe not quite so contested, you can have a lawyer that does unbundled work for you. And so they just know your situation, they know your story, and you can have them review the documents that you do on your own or in mediation, and they can give you legal advice for you personally so that you're not leaving money on the table or you know having anything that might come back to not be helpful for you in the future. So that was a big thing that I learned about that not many people know about is unbundled work with a lawyer. Perfect. And, you know, when you mentioned like having three to five lawyers and and things like that, the first question I have is where do you find these lawyers? Where's the best place to find them? So 
they do need to be local to your area so you can't use someone that's <laughs> far and away so it, sometimes it is just asking around if you have like a neighborhood facebook page if you can ask anonymously for good divorce lawyers i have some in my area that that i refer to usually because i know their communication style and i know their process but i did do an interview with a lawyer that talks about what what things to ask a lawyer what to look for in a lawyer, that sort of thing. So it can just be straight up Google search, <laughs> and yeah. see. but it, it, and that can be hard. But I found mine by asking around and findings. I only interviewed one. I should have interviewed more. I did not know. I did not know. I interviewed one. And to be honest, I interviewed her and I didn't use her until three years later. Ah. So also know that just because you meet with a lawyer doesn't mean that you're immediately on the path to divorce and you have to file the next day, right? No, it's just gathering the information and, and knowing more so that you can be strategic if that is path you choose to go down. And there's so many parallels as doctors because, you know, of course you have to be state specific, you're licensed in that state. So your lawyer is going to need to be in your state to understand the state laws. And yeah. the second thing that occurs to me is how we refer to consultants. You know, we know if we're referring someone to a consultant doesn't mean that they have to have plastic surgery or have to have something with their kidneys. You know, it's just saying that this person can offer you advice on where to go next and you yeah. still decide. But yeah. Take me through the what it you should do to prepare for these this first initial visits. I mean, do you need to prepare or you just go there kind of expecting them to take you through it? Or what is the best way for preparing yeah. for the first meeting? For the lawyer, definitely just have a sense of your finances, your assets, what's important to you, what your core values are, and and that's probably it really just going in there and telling your story and then they piece out what they need to know um, for the legal process the legal process is very different from the emotional process <laughs> so i like to say there are two pathways in divorce right there's the legal pathway and there's the emotional pathway so your lawyer is really going to help you with the legal pathway so coming in there with facts and coming in there with this you know, is the circumstance of it all. And the more you can leave the emotional part out of it, the, the better it's going to go legally because they really deal with just the facts and they can only advise you on what your options are too, right? They can't choose for you as to what you should do. So don't go in there expecting them to tell you this is what you need to do next. They're just going to lay out a platter of options of what it might look like and different strategies that you can take. So that's usually just go in there, but try to keep it fact focused as much as you can. Yeah. I mean, this feels like another parallel with how we expect our patients to show up to our visits, you know, mm -hmm. to have some level of knowledge. So true, right? Yeah, we don't actually expect them to know everything. However, it's on us to set up the diagnostic test and to tell them what to get and to then plan for what's next. And so I think we actually do know maybe a lot more about how to manage a lawyer than we think, because we're essentially turning the tables and going on to the other side. Yes. And speaking we're of the patient, exactly, becoming a better yeah. doctor, we're now starting to understand how scary it might be for some of our patients coming to us. Oh, hundred percent. And that's part of becoming a better physician by going through the divorce is because it is very humbling and you get a sense of what your patients are going through that they don't know 
what is going on with them and they are scared and vulnerable and now you're feeling that same vulnerability it puts you in their shoes and you can have a lot of compassion for that and a lot of empathy coming from that what other terminology did you learn in this pathway so there are so many resources out there that i did not know existed and there are a few that i think are very important for physicians because we typically are high earners and we have a lot of assets we have businesses that we need to figure out so there's something called a cdfa which is a certified divorce financial analyst Um, and again those are usually uh, state specific Uh, i believe i also have an interview with the cdfa but they will analyze all of your assets your businesses and help you come up with ways to divide things so that it's equitable and reasonable and maybe we don't know if if giving half of the 401k would measure out the same as like giving half the equity of the home or all the sort of numbers side of it so that was one that i did not know existed another one i just learned about is called a cdlp which is a certified lending certified divorce lending professional who helps with figuring out mortgages and like i didn't know this alimony has to be dispersed over a minimum of three years for it to be considered income on a mortgage loan application. So not everybody would know. I didn't know that. And not all the, yeah. So like she can assess the situation with the housing and the mortgage to determine what might be the best scenario for refinancing or selling and buying a new home. And, and then how the alimony or child support needs to be structured so that the person getting the new home can make sure that they can get a home that they can afford. So those were a couple of things. Um, and, and there are so many abbreviations, <laughs> so many abbreviations, so many, uh, so many, abbrevi- like when you start getting into the more higher conflict, co-parenting type things, there are things called PREs, CFIs there. So knowing those terms in terms of like, parental responsibility evaluation and that sort of thing. So those those terms come up a lot and, and there's just, there's so many. But if you don't need to know them, you don't need to know them. Like don't waste your time on those things. But even things like mediation versus arbitration or, you know, magistrates versus judges. I mean, it's just, there's a lot and it can be really overwhelming and filing filing the paperwork and what what does this mean and how does this go and and then there's a lot of downtime and you're like what there's sworn financial statements that you have to fill out and so it can be very overwhelming and so i just hope to help people figure out what's going on (laughs) i hear you Because I can imagine it it can be overwhelming. It's almost like getting some sort of like terminal diagnosis. And Mm -hmm. like, you really do need to know a lot of these things, but you don't need to know everything all at once. I imagine it unfolds over time. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like the first step is to interview lawyers. And the second step is to find resources like, you know, a divorce coach like yourself or on your website or things like that. Mm -hmm. What is special about a high income individual? And specifically talking about women surgeons or even male surgeons, obviously, who are going through this, what are some of the special considerations that you have seen in this population? 
Well, I, I definitely see many things that I went through that I, there's no way you could know that they were going to happen, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. And so I do kind of have five things that I think physicians can find themselves falling into a little pitfall fairly easily. Because we are these perfectionist type A people, we can have a fear of failing, you know, and, and so we're so successful at our careers and then all of a sudden we find ourselves failing in a marriage and then all that comes with it and then you start failing at your work and then that fear of failure not only are we scared of it we don't like it <laughs> i don't like to fail <laughs> but, <Zero stars. laughs> right i know i don't recommend it but I've learned to embrace it. I've learned to take that failure. And like Dan Sullivan says, if you're not winning, you're learning, right? To learn from that failure. And so it doesn't mean that everything's you know, going to end, but like, like take that failure and embrace it. You don't have to look and kind of move with that failure and see it again how is this happening for me not to me so but that fear fear of failing can be very stunting to us and very feeling very trapped in it so asking for help is going to be one of the best ways to work through those the, the fear of failing and then the second one i see is is the guilt and the shame. I mean, not only do we have mom guilt, but now we have divorce guilt on top of it. I mean, it's just like magnified. And then we feel bad about having the guilt, <laughs> and bad <laughs> about like, I put this on my kids. And so we carry the shame and we, we have this shame in silence and we suffer in silence. And so really making sure that you, again, ask for help where you need it and and know that the shame the shame truly is optional and like i said i think the divorce has made me a better mother i have i work when i don't have my kids and i am with my kids 100% when i do have them and i don't know if i would have had that same kind of quality over quantity approach to it if if i had stayed married so so i choose to let go of the shame and just be like and, and i choose to let the guilt be there and i choose to recognize that as a working mom sometimes you're going to be there sometimes you're not as a divorced mom sometimes you're going to be there sometimes you're not yeah guilt is always a passenger in your car <laughs> it's, all, right? it's always it always so it's just gonna be there she's gonna be there <laughs> i don't need to feel bad about it <laughs> you to buckle it in seatbelt right. safety first yeah buckle that guilt in definitely and then the third one would be financial insecurity so all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I'm like, especially for physician moms, we are frequently the ones paying alimony, paying child support. And it was seeing my, my attendings when I was a resident and my other colleagues going through this process that um, prompted me to get a prenup in my marriage. And that saved me a lot of money because I didn't have to go through the alimony and division of assets, but that can be very scary. And when you come from a position of financial insecurity, you can start making decisions that actually are not helpful to you. You can start working more hours to try to make more money to because you think you're going to have all these bills when actually that can be inputted into your 
financial calculations, and then you end up paying more in alimony or paying more in child support. So I always like to say, just breathe, just take a moment, talk to a lawyer, don't, don't go crazy um, trying to make more money until you know what is really going on. Just keep it status quo, no major decisions. Um, it's also not a bad time to find credit cards for points. So <laughs> There's that and then, and Hey, take a trip on your points. But so the financial insecurity of it all. But on the flip side to that is that as physicians, we make more money than the average person getting a divorce. And what that means is we can spend more money just throwing money at the problem. And we aren't doing the work on ourselves to make the divorce easier for ourselves. So this is kind of where the pathways come in the legal and the emotional pathway if we're not dealing with the emotional side of it out here we can we can put a lot of money into the legal pathway to try to make things go our way and to try to find some emotional justice in the situation and that can lead us down a very expensive and long pathway that isn't always necessary. So, so that is one thing that I like people to be a little leery of is that if you're seeing the cost of your divorce starting to tick up, 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 up. And it will. Really, and it will, but, but it doesn't have to. There are probably some circumstances where it does warrant a higher price tag. But really stop to take a moment to be like, is this what I want to be truly doing? Is this where I want to be truly spending my money? Or does someone need to tell me to stop? And it took my lawyer, and, and I say this because this is what I did. <laughs> this is not coming from a place of judgment. This is coming from a place of, I know. <laughs> and it literally took my lawyer saying, stop, you have to stop. And not everybody has a lawyer that'll do that or a friend or a family member that'll just be like, stop. What are they um, stopping? Like, where, where was it that you found that you could have stopped and weren't? What would you advise someone? For me, it was trying to control the co-parenting. And, and this leads me to the fifth pitfall that I see, which is this urge to be right and the urge to control the other person, the urge mm -hmm. to control the divorce, the urge to make the other person see it my way and to do things my way. And again, as physician moms, we are really good <laughs> at micromanaging <laughs> mm -hmm. and controlling things. And so then when this other person, this other parent is outside of our house, now we're trying to still control them, which that never works anyway, but that's where I got into trouble. And when my lawyer finally said stop, it was because I was really trying to micro control all of the co-parenting going on in my co-parent's house. And she said, just stop, you need to practice parallel parenting which was a concept I had never heard of. Another definition that they keep secret from you, which should be, <laughs> sometimes needs to be utilized from the get-go, but you're pu pushed this cooperative co-parenting from the beginning. And sometimes you're just not able to do that. So well, where was the breakthrough for you? I mean, like, how do you go from, I mean, how do you go from controlling to like, all of a sudden I'm fine. Everything's fine. Right. It, it took a lot, <laughs> took a lot. Honest to goodness, it was life coaching. I, I did 
Katrina Ubell's course, weight loss, for weight loss for busy physicians. Honestly, I didn't lose any weight, yeah. but it transformed my co-parenting relationship because I was finally seeing how my thoughts about my ex were impacting me and how it was, and he didn't have a clue. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started to develop these strategies for communicating with him over email and text that really tamed the drama down. And I was able to go from like getting an email from him and spinning out for like a week to now maybe an hour at most. Like yes. it just doesn't affect me anymore because I know how to manage my mind around it. It really took learning to manage my mind and my thoughts around things that were happening that I believed were I was in pure victim mode. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't instantaneous, but it did take time. And so learning how to just see my thoughts for what they were and that they were optional and I didn't have to believe that. And I came up with some really great mantras. <laughs> that helped me get through and it doesn't mean things are always perfect he he still does things that i'm just like i roll at but he doesn't have the same power over me that i was letting him have i was letting yeah. him trigger me i was letting him have the space in my brain renting space in my brain for free i yeah, was allowing that yeah, this is such a huge concept that a lot of people don't realize is that our feelings are within our control. And yes. of course, you know, we don't believe that we like, no, 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 it's them. It's yes. everyone else that's making me feel this way. And they should act somewhere different. And yeah. I would just feel differently if they would just act differently. And yes. this, of course, is not the case. Um, I did want to make a side note about Katrina Ubell's program mm -hmm. because I think she was the entrance yes. of physician coaching physician. revolution. I think yeah. a lot of us were influenced by that. And I, agree. I wanted to mention when you said that you did not lose any weight in that program, mm -hmm. that doesn't surprise me at all. It's mm -hmm. because honestly, the amount of food that we eat, the amount of work that we do, overwork, yeah. underwork, the amount of things that we do are really based on all the things going on in our, our mind. Mm -hmm. And the hardest part on selling a program like that is that it's really not about the weight. It's it wasn't about the weight. Yeah. I was not upset that I didn't lose any weight yeah, because yeah. I gained so much from her program. Exactly. I had such, I, I just transformed my co-parenting relationship without him being involved in it. And he's still him, but it changed me. It totally improved my relationship with my kids and my daughter, especially. Mm -hmm. She now wants to like help coach kids going through a divorce. It's like the cutest thing. She's 12 and she's like, <laughs> I want to do this. And, and it's, I, I actually started it January of 2020. So COVID hit three months into it, into my first six months of it. And honest to goodness, I don't know what COVID would have looked like for me if I did not have her group and her, her program. It truly was transformational and, and keeping me sane during, mm -hmm. you know, this time where I'm in the ER. I don't know what is going on with this virus. I like redid my will. I'm like thinking I'm going to die every day. And it managed to change my mindset and get me through it in a way that was healthy and 
and actually very beneficial for me. Again, I think it made me a better mother and made me a better doctor having that coaching support through COVID. And again, yeah, I didn't lose any weight. It wasn't that big of a deal, but the changes that it made everywhere else were huge. And then I decided more people need to know about this. And yes. that's when I got certified as a life coach. Cause that was and that's like, exactly what happened is that you yeah. know, opened the door for all of us. Yeah. Cause like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And therefore yeah. you have to tell everybody about yeah, it. So you do. <laughs> I was affected by that uh, as well. So it was her yeah. through her podcast that I really started yeah. realizing all of this. It's, it's pretty remarkable. It so, is. I mean, there's no doubt that the mindset piece of this is mm -hmm. so important and it's so individualized because everyone has a different approach to all of this. Like we are all different and unique individuals. So it's difficult mm -hmm. to have like a one size fits all kind of approach to this. So take me through how you work with someone to go through this process. So, yes, and I totally agree. And there are, there are now other physician coaches who do divorce coaching or or help people through the capital T trauma of divorce and are suited for other sorts of things that led to divorce, like betrayal or, you know, that sort of thing. And so I always want people to find the person that speaks to them. The way I approach things is probably not going to fit for everybody. I'm usually pretty blunt about things like I usually <laughs> will point things out as showing the other side and a lot of people don't want to hear that. But I have, I talk about the three C's in, in my coaching, clarity, communication, and confidence. So it is the going through your core values, your core wants and needs and desires and how you determine why those are important to you, what are you willing to compromise on, and um, how you go about communicating that to your lawyers, to the other parent, to the court, and also to yourself and to your kids. And I have a communication guide that I help moms use when they're writing emails or writing texts so that the stuff that they're writing doesn't come back to be harmful to their situation. And then we also talk about having the, the confidence to know that what you're doing is what's best for you and is leading you in the direction to creating your best life and creating the life that you truly want to be enjoying living in. And, and like, this is an okay decision for you to be making. So now let's make it happen in the best way possible. I love it. So who is the best person to work with you? Well, I really do enjoy working with moms who are just getting started in the divorce process, but I also love working with moms who have been in it and are just like fed up with how things are going and they don't know how to change anything because that's where I was with it, where I was just like, it's, is it always going to be like this? <laughs> is it always going to be this hard? And that's when I can help you see the changes that don't have to be big, but just the small changes that you can make to make it easier for yourself. But I also like helping um, the women who are just starting out and are like, I don't even know <laughs> what to do next, where to go, what does this mean? Um, so you know, I do work with anyone in the spectrum, but it really is helping people out who just don't know what to do next and are used to always knowing what to do next. And also if they have issues with co-parenting because 
you aren't given a manual on how to co-parent with this person that you're going through a breakup with. And and my guess is that if you did know how to co-parent, you probably wouldn't be breaking up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how do you do that? How do you co-parent in a way that works and you can not be so focused on all the messiness of it? Right. So I know that you have a lot of free resources on your website. Where would they find that information? Great. Yeah. So my website is figurelifeout.com. So I can help you figure Love it life out. So yeah. So it's www.figurelifeout.com. There is a resources tab. And I have on there my, my communication guide for emailing and the seven step guide is on there for free. And then I have my webinar replays on there for free talking. Usually I'm interviewing people who are resources, who can talk about their field of expertise and just so that you know, what's out there and you know, what questions to ask and you know, oh, I'm having that issue. I can go talk to this person. And then I do also want to offer a platform for other divorce moms to tell their stories so you can hear what other people are going through, what worked for them, and and know that you're not alone. We're not all having a conscious uncoupling, I promise. (laughs) The majority of us are having a messy divorce or or worse, and that's okay. Yes, welcome to the community of the messy middle. It is the messy middle, and it is okay. We'll get through it. (laughs) Perfect. And then I imagine they will also find information on your one-on-one coaching and then your programs, correct? Yes. There is a page for how to coach with me that has a link to my my sessions, but I do offer a free uh, next steps call so we can chat and see if we're a good fit or not and see where we can come up with a plan for what you need clarity on and, and what you need help with going forward. Well, thank you, Dr. Hub. Thank you so much for coming on. I so much valuable information Mm because I know that this is so challenging uh, Mm -hmm. to overcome all of this. So I really appreciate you filling the gap and helping people through because I know after talking to people who are going through that, it's just an impossible situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for someone to offer to be able to see the other side of that is just really amazing. Well, thank you so much for um, having me and for allowing me to share the information so that other people know that they are not alone. I love it. For more information on the Boss Business of Surgery series, go to bosssurgery.com.